Kitty Gang. I'm Kiel Lowry. And I'm Lindsay Chrisley. Come join us for Coffee Combos every Thursday. It's spirited discussion about motherhood, friendship, family, and life in the public eye. We share our real life experiences, trying to balance it all, and the issues that we face daily. We don't always agree with how we each handle it. And we definitely rant about the frustrations. But we always have a great combo and hopefully learn something by the end of it. So listen to and follow Coffee Combos now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. We appreciate you being here, support people supporting uh, the Corolla Pirate Ship. Uh, good times, everyone. Be sure to check out, uh, of course, After Dark uh, and uh, the Dr. TV streaming shows. You can see those there. Be a part of uh, that. You can get on the restream or you can get over to Clubhouse. We take calls on Clubhouse from the, on those shows. Usually it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. And do uh, check out some of the other social media like uh, Instagram, Dr. Drew Pinsky, Twitter, Dr. Drew. And today, Brian Simpson, comedy special, The Stand-Up Season 3, available right now on Netflix. Uh, episode 1 of Season 3, well done. Mm. Brian, welcome. Thanks for having me. I I, uh, I laughed out loud a lot during your I, did I see? Is that was I looking at the Netflix thing? I, I sent you the Netflix yeah, thing as yeah. well, but we first we first started with your um, David Spade clip. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was I was like, well, I want to talk to Brian. I'm, I'm ready for that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But I was telling Brian uh, that today I have diverticulitis, which is this thing I get like every six months. It's like having appendicitis on the left side instead of the right side. It, it like needs a surgery, but I've been avoiding it. Oh, okay. It, it's like it's like peritonitis, localized peritonitis, and it that doesn't help me. Uh, <laughs> it, me either. <laughs> it it so your colon. Can you show me a picture of diverticuli? Well, I'm guessing uh, divert 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 is the root word. No, no, Damn it's it. it's yeah. The it's it's uh, more. Uh, I don't know why the diver the ticulum is. I think the the, the operant part of it. Show a picture. Uh, so you can see here. Uh, yeah, keep going. You got to blow one up for us. Give give us a diagram, not a yeah yeah. Uh, no, oh, Jesus Christ! I hope I'm not doing that. <laughs> Shows how bad it can get. Anyway, there are these little outpouching. There, there are the the. Do you see the kind of mm, there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see so those little outpouchings along the side of the colon on the on the right. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, it, some people develop those, and they of them. We don't know why they develop. They're sort of genetically programmed. And they can fill with debris and start to become abscessed and get infected and leak. And the leak goes actually into your abdominal cavity, so you get peritonitis. It's like you're, so it's good, right? Why is debris such a hilarious word? <laughs> you tell me. You're the comedian. Debris is a good word. Uh, so that's me. So and so I have to take all these antibiotics, and it makes me weak. And it's just ugh. nothing funnier than that, though. A little diverticulitis. Yeah. Um, so and it's recurring. Uh, yeah, you know, I was just thinking as I drove up here when I had, uh, I, you know, I get colonoscopies on a regular basis. And about three years ago, a guy looked at me and went, you're going to have to have that surgery. It's surgery. You've got to get surgery done. And I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to have surgery. And now I'm thinking, oh, yeah, of course. He's right. Got to do it. Why are doctors the hardest ones to convince? Be- because you, you, it's kind of like you know how to push the envelope it's like it's like it's why attorneys do such shady stuff they know right where the line is right and right. A, a doctor you know right where the line is from a health standpoint too like i i know i'll do poorly i do sh- horrible after surgery I, it just destroys me for weeks and weeks and weeks i don't want to deal with that 
Anesthesia destroys me. I don't want to deal with that. Oh, yeah. But this thing is ugh, driving me crazy every six months. I'm just laid out for five days. How many, you know, how many times do I have to do that before I'm like, all right, enough, enough. Well, let's talk about you. Where'd you grow up? <coughs> I grew up in PG County, Maryland. Where is that? Uh, PG County. It's it. It is the it is the part of the southernmost part of Maryland that's wrapped around DC. Got it. And how did uh, comedy happen? Well, that's a whole other thing. I, comedy happened because uh, from the military. I'm, I joined the Marine Corps, and um, not the usual course to comedy. No, no, no. I mean, military actions, hysterical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the long, the the, the 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 short, sweet story is that I was I was a foster kid. Were you in multiple homes or just a one? Or? No, multiple homes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I moved at least. How? How? What is that? I look at people that are resilient, like doing great like yourself, and I hear that history and I go, I don't think I'm built for that myself. It would have destroyed me. Um, I mean, there are long-term You have stuff. Things. But yeah, because um, – Trust. <clears throat> trust. Is trust. Easy to I, think it, I think it, trust bleeds into intimacy issues. Yep. Hundred percent, but you know it. You know, yeah, but it's it doesn't make it. You know how you know how you can you can know something intellectually, but, yeah, yeah, but not feel it emotionally. That's you know? exactly right. And sometimes it's like no matter how close I feel to somebody, after a while I'm just like I need you to get the fuck away from me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And that, and that's sort of what happens with abandonment, right? Is like you you, yep. you can't get that close because the the vulnerability is too intense. Exactly. Yeah. It, but you but it's a it's it's, it's a weird thing where it's like. You know that the closeness is what you need, and you fight to get there, but you're so used to the opposite that the closer you get, the more unfamiliar it is. And right, so it's the more uncomfortable ter- it is. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and by the same token, so, so what people normally do is they go after people that are not available for a close relationship – or like you said, you get in and then you, then you end it, and then you're like, this is, this thing's too good. I get the fuck out of here. Damn, you, yeah, you're right on the money there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, there are the therapies you know designed to treat that are not that tough. I mean, they're not like difficult or anything, and they don't they may take a while. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've done the cognitive. Uh, so I was when I first moved to LA, I was I was in a homeless shelter for a couple of years. It was a uh, for veterans only. Mm. Out in but, West LA or something. Yeah, it was on Sunset. And they they make you do these. They call them group sessions, but you have to do them. And you know, depending on your level of privilege, you have to do X amount. Like like where you earn it, right? Like where you earn doing less of them. I, I need some information. So you were in the Marine for how long? Five years. And was that an okay experience? Yeah. So sometimes people that have not had a family, you know, been in foster or whatever, find that very satisfying to have all it, that it, structure and closeness. It was satisfying at the time, mm. but the but the further I get away from it, the more I realize that uh, it was it was a false identity. It was it just it was an identity that I took because I I needed the stability. And yeah, that yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. But 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 afterwards, you know, you realize you start you know contacting old friends and stuff like that, and you realize that you really didn't have anything in common. Other than your circumstance, right, right, you know? that makes sense. Yeah. Although there is a certain amount of bonding through that experience. I imagine there's one oh, or two yeah, people yeah. you're there's, still. There's people that I yeah. just, I can't, yeah, I can't even stand that I'm friends with them, but <laughs> I, I am. So, so you come out here. Where, where were you stationed with the Marine Corps? Um, San Diego. 
Oh, so you're already out here. Yeah. And so you get released, and now what do I do? I get released, and then I take a corporate job at Intel. Yeah. And uh, that didn't work. What happened? I, I, got, I, I think it was just too soon. It was too much of a – because, you know, they spend – you know, boot camp's 13 weeks. They spend 13 weeks t- t- turning you into a Marine, and then they spend like a week telling you how to not be, you know. Yeah. And then you go out in the corporate world, and, it's, and it was just – at the time, it's probably worse now. But Intel is like the ultimate corporate environment mm. where it's like everything is – I mean, they they weren't calling it PC back then, but that's what it was. It was like everything was very by the book. Problem solving took forever because you had to set you had to set a meeting with a mediator, but first you had to take a mediation class to make sure you knew how to participate in the mediation. And Holy it was like, shit. you know, it, sounds painful. It was just it's very painful for somebody that is used to just being like, hey, get on to your fucking job. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but yeah, but then I moved back home. Now you're back in Mar- home, being yeah, uh, Maryland, yeah, but, but but home and you don't. Did you have a home out there? I mean, you well, well, I moved. Yeah, I still had a family. You know, I moved back and I moved, I moved in with my stepmother actually. Okay, so so you were in, you were in around foster care for a while, and you went back to your stepmom, right, right, okay. right. And um, and I went to uh, and then I got a job at the Pentagon. Wow. And I was working there for like a year and a half, and that didn't work either. Um, they. I mean, I didn't get fired from this one, but I was laid off when they renegotiated the contract yeah. with, the, with the people. Was that cool at all? It was. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. I mean, probably on paper, it's probably the best job I ever had. Mm. What but kind of stuff were you doing? I was just a. I was just a technician. I just made sure that you know certain things didn't break. You know, Me- mechanical technician, like like no, no, electron, electronic, electronic. So yeah. IT. I, yeah. I see. I get it. And but I was miserable. I was making good money and it was good hours and everything, but I just had, I just, I just couldn't, it felt meaningless. Like if it was one of those things where it felt like anyone can do this, you know, like yeah. there's, there's no, there's no significance to me being here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so I ended up, when I got laid off, I moved back to California. Okay. Uh, Why? Um, cause my friends were still here. San Diego? San Diego, okay. yeah. We, and we were going to school and growing, growing pot. Where you going to school for? Um, uh, philosophy. Wow. Yeah. So you were, you were trained in IT and then you decided, oh, I'm going to be a philosopher. <laughs> yeah. What kind of philosophy? Um, uh, well, the, 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 I only took philosophies of religion uh-huh. the, before I dropped out. But, um, <laughs> I hadn't really <coughs> pinned it down. You know what? What made you interested in that? Just because I've always just I've always been a thinker. Yeah. You know, and my and, uh, and my my closest friend was taking a lot of a lot of philosophy classes, and he just talked me into it. Did you ever read the Stoics? No. I, I'm feeling I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling you might like that stuff. The Stoics. The guy named Ryan Holiday is a friend of ours that really puts the Stoics together. He has a bunch of books where he sort of processes them. Is, it, is, this, a, is this on like Amazon books? What I oh, would, yeah. Yeah. So he, it's Ryan at Ryan Holiday. How, how does he spell his last name? H-O-L-L. Just, yeah, just like Holiday. A, but it's A-D-Y, right? Not uh-huh. I-D-Y. But anyway, and he's at Ryan Holiday. You, he lots of good Stoic stuff on Twitter. No, it's D-A-Y. Just D-A-Y. like the – No, H-O-L-L. H-O-L-I-D-A-Y. H-O-L-I-D. is like a holiday. Oh, like, okay. Uh, and – he has a book that he has a bunch of books, but the one I like the best for starters, particularly, is called "The Obstacle Is the Way." 
The obstacle is the oh, way. Oh, I see it. The obstacle is the yeah. way. Okay, yeah. So you might enjoy that. So so now you're here. You drop out of school. Were you working or just going to school? No, I, I hadn't dropped out of school yet. I mean, I, I, st- I stopped growing weed because I was not good at it. <laughs> What's and, the problem? Well, it's just one of those things where, you you know, you say some people have a, have a green thumb. Are <laughs> you? And, and I didn't, man. And I was do- I was following all the instructions. Like, you ever try to bake? Yeah, and yeah. And you're like, fuck this. Because yeah. it, it seems like science. It's like you're yeah. measuring – and it I still just, didn't work. I yeah. didn't have it. I didn't have it. And I, uh, <clears throat> and at the same time, I just, um, I happened to try stand up because everyone had been trying to encourage me to do it before. Why? This. Just say, hey, you're a funny guy. You should get up there. Yeah, I was funny, man. I, I, w- I knew how to get a laugh. I knew the timing. What, was it? Was that addictive to you? Knowing that, being able to make people laugh. Let me ask it a little more generally. What was it about making people laugh that was compelling to you or important? Damn, I never thought about that. Because I always thought of it as like a drug. For you? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of comedians describe it that way. Yeah, but it's... it's but, it, but it's... It, but it's... Most of them will say something like, uh, I was always pretty funny. I, I got my worth by you know making my friends laugh. But when I stood up and made a room kill, I, that was it. <laughs> I was yeah, in. you get drawn I, in. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah, and and I wouldn't say I killed, right but but away. enough to enough to dig you, pull you in, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's there's a feeling of control. That Some people describe that. I I've interviewed a bunch of comedians about this. The, the after you mentioned your mom's house, early in my days with them, I would just interview comedians, and uh, Christina was very interested in the the comedic mind. She thought everyone was just totally fucked up as a comedian. She'd think about herself. And yeah. so <laughs> her thing was control. That's her deal up there. But I heard a lot more about the – I think it really is about a kind of a pseudo-intimacy. It's, it's, it's and a drug at the same time. Right, right. It's like a one-way – It's like way, sex or something. It's, it's like, a one-way thing. Yeah. It's almost like – yeah, it's like making somebody climax. Yeah, You know, right? but it's 100 people. It's almost like being a cult leader. That's what I, I've, I've said this to them before. Where it's like – uh, the Tom and Christine. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like you, you, we, we're just like cult leaders, but we use our powers for good. So, some we, of you guys do. Yeah. Well, right, 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 right. But I mean, we have we have the same superpower. It's 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 a perfect mix of like charisma and and uh, the gift of gab. When you walked in here, you said this is. Uh like not this is a step up from your mom's house. Have you been down to Austin to see the new studio? I haven't seen the new one though. I, I haven't even seen it. I, I've been doing it. Do you know any? Oh the, yeah, yeah. I, we've been doing it at Annie's house in Austin. Oh wow! And so I've been down there for the last couple months. But they're going to open the new studios pretty soon. Okay, I believe so, they're open for them, just for your mom's house. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you go back and do your mom's house again, you'll be in their new studio. Okay. So good. Really, I mean, I can't say enough about those two. Yeah, just real genuine people. Oh my god. Yeah. Very nuts in different ways. Uh, in the best way possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're super bright, super ethical, super – I just can't say enough good about them, I really. Yeah, they um, they helped me in a time when we're like for no reason, when no one else was really – Can you talk about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I was <clears throat> I was still in the shelter at this time, and I remember I was ready to just leave L.A. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was so frustrated with the the, the way it seemed like um, being funny wasn't the thing that mattered, or being talented wasn't the thing that mattered the most. It was what luck or something? No, no, not necessarily luck, but it was just it, was, it just all felt so random, 
you know, would we be, you know, I'd be in some contest or whatever, and, and I'd be funny, I'd be the funniest, and then I wouldn't win. Well, I, you know, it would be a bunch of things like that in a row, and I just was like, "What is the what is the formula? What the fuck?" And then Christina was like, "Man, you," because I I had been passed at the comedy store by then. It was like I've been pa- I've been a paid regular for six months, and she was like, "What are you do- what are you talking about? Just stay here, <laughs> you know." At the, at the comedy clubs, just stay there. You mean? Yeah, stay in yeah. L.A. Just keep doing it. Yeah, because yeah. you know I was just being impatient. She's a pretty good, not pretty good. She's an exceptional eye for talent. Oh, yeah. If she tells you to keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. wouldn't she tell you right. that. She, she wouldn't tell right. you that because it, it was only a couple. It was only maybe a year and a half before things really started rolling, you know. And Tom took me out, and they brought me on the podcast a few times. Did you go? Were you uh, up there with him? Was he was he headlining, and you performed with him? Or yeah, yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah, and, and and he had no reason. Like, there's no way I could ever pay him back for that, you know. But that's them. Yeah. Seriously, true, true. Uh, and and he wouldn't ever think about wanting to get paid back. The, I'm gonna think of something one day. Of course, yeah. that's for you though. He he doesn't need it. He he. I mean, I, I feel the same way about him. I really do. Both of them. And uh, yeah, and let's. If you figure that out, let me know. I'll I'll join you. Whatever it is. So what do you, what do you think is the thing? Do you think it's healthy the way comedians use comedy? Sometimes, yeah. I I think. <laughs> excuse me. I think it is. You know, I've done a little research on this. And, it, and it's a bid. It's an attempt to heal wounds. That's really what it is. But like everything when you've been wounded as a childhood, in childhood we do a lot of that stuff as, as adults, whether it's making a lot of money or becoming a – whatever it is, it's all a bid to feel better. And, and none of it really works in the way that we want it to. But uh, as I would say, as, as bad things go, it's not bad. It's amongst the best <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, it is doing something for you. If, if nothing else, giving you the resources to solve some of the other problems that you want to solve. Uh, so I don't, I don't see it as bad at all. Uh, if you're a drug addict and you know, you're using and drinking and you, have, you feel like you have to do that to get up there and, and perform properly, that's a problem. Oh, right. That's about the only time I see it, it kind of spiral out. But doing it, I mean, it's, it's no different – it really is the modern rock guitarist. It's just it's the getting up there in front of everybody and playing the guitar. It's the same thing, same phenomenon. And the research I did showed that it really was kind of the same stuff. It's all a bid to deal with the narcissistic injuries. In your case, abandonment. I don't know if you had any physical abuse or anything, but the, you know this is the stuff we we try to solve later. And that's kind of what I want to get into which is the the CBT. I'm curious that they give you cognitive behavioral therapy. That was the only thing they offered you? Oh, no, no, no. They had um you know, they had because it was a, it was a multi uh, it was a facility that dealt with like if you were an addict. You, so they give you they, they give you appropriate to your situation services. Right, right. But for you, I'm curious CBT. Did they, is that just what were they working on? What were they trying to get through to you about? Oh, anxiety. Just have like uh, the oh you had anxiety the, the chain God. of do you have anxiety now uh, it can get, it can it can get up there sometimes yeah. you have yeah. panic attacks no yeah no so good that no CBT is good for anxiety it is actually good for that what what I was thinking about was something I mentioned to you earlier is like there there's a kind of therapy called emotionally focused therapy essentially where the goal is just form a close close relationship with the therapist a, a certain like the therapist sort of 
becomes the person that does microsurgery on your abandonment issues. But you said that, that, that it wasn't difficult. That seems impossible. It's impossible by yourself. And, it, what, when, and when I say it's not difficult, I mean it doesn't hurt. It, they only give you tolerable doses. Well, well, I'm about to fuck you up, Doc. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because <laughs> Please, I, fuck me up. I have, I have an issue with therapists. In what sense? Oh, yeah, you have to go. If you well, get in well, there and then you leave right. like everybody else, then that's but, not good. But um, I'll never forget. Um, there was a there, so when I was when I was little, you know, they would start making you go to therapy right away. So I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Never forget the first therapist they took us to. She would sometimes talk to all the kids at the same time, and um, and I remember, you know, them telling us, "Hey, you know, anything you say to me is just between us." Blah blah blah, blah. and. Um, and one of the kids, like, confided in her about something. Like, you know, someone had... There's certain things that she's obliged by law to report. Right, right. But, but She should have explained that. But she did. Okay. But still, the, you know, in the group, one of the girls pulled her to the side. And and I don't know exactly what she confided in her, but I know... I, I, I'm sure it's sexual abuse. I mean, it's usually the, the deal. I don't I don't know, because because that sort of... That sort of thing didn't. That sort of consequence didn't happen. Mean, so, mean she didn't go. They didn't go arrest somebody. They didn't, no, 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 yeah. no. And and none, and none of the kids got removed from huh. the house. Or the huh. But I know when we got back in the car, my foster mother turned around and punched one of the other kids in the face. Whoa! It was like, how dare you, fucking blah blah blah. And that right, and and that's and, not good. Yeah, but but it, but you know what it did though. The the negative thing was that it made all of us. Not talk to her, you the know. Therapist, we, right? Yeah. And then every sure. therapist out there. I mean, and then I remember my. Then the next therapist I had, it was just me by myself. I was a little older, and I remember she, um, <clears throat> she gave me the same spiel and was like, "Open up," and I was sitting there like this, you know. And then she would have like a private meeting with my foster mother after our therapy sessions, and and I was like, well, what are you talking to her about in there? If, that, if, it, if I'm here for me. It, it's it's different for kids, to be fair. It's different. Yeah, and I, so I just, I didn't. You're, you're, you're holding grudges that, not wrong, but don't apply to adult treatments. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And and I, I are you still in San Diego? No, I'm in LA. Because uh, I know somebody good in San Diego I was just thinking about. But I just, um, but it's just the moment Every time I have a therapist, I, I probably have maybe fifteen therapists in my life. But every time, every time one of them fucking shows the slightest I bit of, I, I get it, I I'm get like, it, fuck out of here. I get it. That's your deal. Do do you can can you let does do they have to be culturally sensitive? They have to be black or brown. Do, can you can you? Because that's a good another excuse. You know, you're being like, oh, I shouldn't understand. Oh, I don't know. I don't know because I've never had a black therapist. Never. So well, that might help, right? Yeah. And there are good ones out there. Yeah, I've never, I've never had a black therapist. No. Oh God, I have so many people I could, but they're not around here. But not in L.A. I have a guy that could do Zoom stuff with you, and I bet could get through to you. Really? But I I, I, wait a minute. But how do you develop a close relationship? You, with it's a, hard. With it's almost strength? impossible. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about this guy. See, I'm. I'm not. I'm thinking. We got to just get you on the ship. <laughs> you don't have to okay. be the captain just yeah. yet. And, and and that you know, what Adolph Brown is Gary. Yeah, I think Doctor Brown would be really good for him. I had, he, right? Yeah, we we just had him on, I believe. 
Oh, yeah, we did. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I just had a great therapist. This is what I hate about the VA. Yeah. I just had a great therapist at the VA. They pulled it away from you. Yep. Oh, that's fucked up. They always that, that do this. That is so fucked up. That's, like, that's the worst thing they could do to somebody like you. Yeah, they go, well, you know, this was only supposed to be for nine weeks. So oh my God. Uh, if Horrible. you need more shit, we can, tra- we can reference you to this other clinic. And I'm like, Horrible. why can't I keep this no, lady? No. That is the exact opposite of what you need because that's your life being pulled out, but then yeah, yeah, move yeah. here, move there. It's the worst. It's just it's just the, the worst for you. It just galvanizes all the the, the thing. And, and when you say you have intimacy problems, is it because you you have trouble forming a long term relationship and you'd like to? Yes, and you'd I like mean, to. Yeah. I, even with my friendships too. It's like I just I keep everybody at at a, at a distance. Like somebody asked me some the other day. Um, they were somebody um was opening for me in New York. Yeah. And uh, and she was like, so who do you hang out with in L.A.? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I don't think I hang out with anybody. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's not it's not that I'm not friends well, with Well, you, you know, just the fact that you hang out with Tom and Christina tells me that you have good judgment about who you do yeah. hang out with. But I don't hang out with them. I, I understand, but you hang with them. Right. You know, yeah. and so you, you're not – one of the real problems with, um, you know, having had an abandoning childhood – is your picker gets broken? You start picking people yes. that are bad. Well, I do. Well, I have that. Well, I have that habit too. Like, I sometimes I will. I I will either get close to somebody too quickly. Mm. It's like a, it's like a pendulum. Right. I, get cl- I get too close too quickly. Yeah. And then it's and it's wrong. And then I don't trust my picker. Yeah. And then I take my time getting close to somebody that I should be. Yeah. So sometimes I get lucky and I hit the jackpot. All right. You know? So you've been able to do that. You've been able to have. Yeah. I feel, I feel like as I get older, I get better. Okay. At, at All right. Trusting my instincts. You're right. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy, and BetterHelp wants to tackle stigma. Of course, there's tons of stigmas around mental health. It's so strange to me that we treat conditions below the neck differently than we treat those above the neck. And our brains, you know, can have conditions that need help, and BetterHelp Online Therapy is your source. Some might think you need to wait until things are unbearable. Not really. I really, If you feel you need some help, a, a support can be helpful. If you're having trouble functioning, then by all means. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, and certainly you don't have to go through the awkwardness of the waiting room. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And the Dr. Drew Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Drew. That is Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-R-E-W. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. That's right. You can read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews. Go to ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com. Choose a time slot. Whether you want to see the doctor in person or a video, telemedicine visit, whatever it might be, find the doctor that is right for you. Book an appointment. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. And in this chaotic world of healthcare, ZocDoc can be your trusted way to find quality physicians. Here's what I want you to do. It's very easy. Just go to ZocDoc.com slash Drew. Download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated physician today. Many of them are available within 24 hours. That is ZocDoc.com slash Drew. ZocDoc.com slash Drew. Today we launched Goya Cares. The mission of Goya Cares 
is to love and care for God's precious children. Part of that mission is to bring awareness. Be somebody to somebody. To stop the abuse and trafficking of future generations. With awareness comes prevention. Every life is a precious gift from God. You are wrong. I'm a precious gift from God. 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 We will do this through a series of educational videos that we can bring to community leaders, schools, parents, and children. Even though the subject matter is very dark and heavy, the kindness on this set has radiated throughout the project. This is going to bring a global call to action. Goya Cares. Hopefully we can save people's lives. And be the light that blocks traffic. We need to be God's light. Join Goya Cares and visit blocktraffic.org to watch the series. You got to know, with, again, I, I talk a lot about this kind of stuff. And with, <laughs> with this kind of trauma, you have to, uh, when you're really attracted to somebody, probably not right. Right. Like you're like, I'm struck lightning bolts. Yeah. Nah, you, start, not right. you, start, you start being impulsive. Yeah, probably not right. You can go you know, have a short term thing, but probably not good for long. And, uh, but you're going to get hurt <laughs> one way or another with those. Yeah. While the others, you start thinking of shit, reasons to leave. You start looking at stuff. I don't like the way that person's nose hair sticks out or something. Mm-hmm. You'll find something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, and I think, too, I think it's harder, too, because I was always a very intelligent child. And it's very easy for you to convince yourself when you're intelligent to convince yourself that you've got it figured out or that you can intellectualize. Yes, sir. That's a big problem. Yeah. In this day and age, really especially, people believe their own bullshit. Yeah. they just It just makes sense to them and they just buy it. They buy into it, whatever it is. And it's often not how people work. So, so, so back to the homeless shelter. So you're there when? Um, what year? Yeah. I I was there in 20, like right at the end of 2015, like around Christmas. How long were you in there? Two years. And were you trying to get out the whole time? Or were you just hanging out? You oh, like yeah. It? I was trying to get the fuck out. Get out of there. Yeah. And, and so how did you get out? Um, Well, they, well, they, they, time was up. They kicked us out. They, something happened where the, uh, the, uh. Funding ran out or something? No, 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 no. They made, they still rich. They, no, they, they, um. The the head of the place relapsed. Oh shit! So a lot of a lot of the, a lot of recovery places are run by former addicts. Former addicts, right? Yep. And the guy relapsed. Uh, poor guy. And he and he um, and then it it got to the point where like they had to open their books and it happens more than you can imagine. Yeah, and that it, kind of stuff. And it turns and so they sent a. You know, no. I don't know a fixer or whatever, <laughs> and and this person determined that two years was too long, of a and because people were getting too comfortable. So it was like Ray Donovan to right. kick you guys so, out. So they changed the max time from two years to I think ten months. Oh my gosh! And they and anyone that had been there longer than that like needed to find some way to go ASAP. And I just so happened to like win my settlement with the VA right before that. So you had some money. I had a little bit of money. And so you moved in apartment or something by yourself? No, not by myself. With, uh, with roommates. Yeah. Roommates. And how'd that go? Were you able to do that? Any problem with that? Oh, no. I still. Oh, actually, well, the first place, was it was problems. Yeah. But now I live with friends. Okay. But you didn't find the not being homeless problematic in some way? Not being homeless? In other words, sometimes people, they, they get uncomfortable in, in a closed environment. That's not you. 
Um, I mean, I, I can get that way sometimes, mm. but 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 going on the road helps. Uh, got it. So wh- I'm I'm curious on your thoughts on homelessness in this town. What do you think we should be doing? Oh well, you know, I, I think a lot of people have the wrong idea about what the problem is. How would you articulate that? <sighs> because because a lot of conservatives I hear talk about. Um, just getting them, just getting them out of here. Just get them, send them somewhere else. This and that, and and a lot of liberals think, well, let's you know throw money at it. Let's just create housing, and and the, the problem is people forget about the corruption with either one of those ideas mm-hmm. because there's always a company willing to swoop in and soak up those dollars and not necess- They don't necessarily make it. Like you know, because I, I sat down and did math one day. And the, the the VA has what they call a per diem. Yeah. So they they pay the shelter for every day to get it. Yeah. And they were and, and there's a bunch of people there fighting for their disabilities or for some sort of compensation that the VA owes them or whatever. And and they'll spend two years paying thousands of dollars a month to the shelter instead of just giving you five hundred dollars. Right. You know. And 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 they're nonprofits. So and you know most people miss have a misconception about what that means. It doesn't mean you ain't making money, you know, and these people, these, these people are pulling in millions of dollars. It literally just means you're not paying taxes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you, you know, the, the, you can make your set, your salaries to whatever they, they, they are. And so these people are making millions of dollars, you know, and, and hardly any of that money is trickling down to the actual homeless people. Yes. In fact, the, that's the same shelter I was living in is now closed because they decided to move on to harm reduction because there's more money in harm reduction. Oh, boy. So it's like that kind of thing. It's like these Ugh. nonprofits are making money hand over fist. And the, the the interesting thing is people like you that are generally healthy but just for whatever reason end up you know, homeless, take care of business very fast. Find resources, get help very quickly. Oh, yeah. uh, if you are a drug addict – not so much. That's tough. And, and, Not so much. And here's here's the other wild shit is you when you when I first went to the VA and said I'm, I'm, I don't have anywhere to live, they were like you know okay well fill out this you know answer this survey and they they basically give you a, a for lack of a better term a homeless score, right? Yeah. And the answers <laughs> to the questions that you would think would would help you keep you away from it, right? So like if you say if you, basically for them to give you the most resources, you have to be the most likely to fuck it up. Yeah. So they go, you know, how many times have you been homeless in the past two years? Yeah. And you would think if you said, oh, this is the first time that they would be like, okay, well, let's help him stay on his feet. No, but no, but the, the correct answer is five. <laughs> you know, they, or they go, how many drug addictions do you have? And you would think, oh, none. And they go, no, no, no. The correct answer is two or more. Uh. Are you being, are you currently being abused or forced to do something against your will? You're like, no. They're like, oh, well, then <laughs> it's, it's that we, kind of we thing. We can't help you. Yeah, so it's like t- to help you get an apartment, you have to be more likely to lose that apartment. Right. It, it's that kind of thing. If you're the type of person that's like, wait a minute, I my my powers of foresight are, are on 10, and I know that if I don't do something now, I'm going to end up on the street. But I like what you got. You got a, you know two years of treatment. That's good. Yeah, but Residential that's, but that's only because I'm a veteran. No, I know. I get that because that's not yeah. out there. But but they're not offering treatment to almost anybody. Real treatment. Not like what you got. No. 
No, not at all. And even even my treatment was kind of lackluster. You know, it wasn't. It sounds a little uninspired. It wasn't top notch, mm. but it was. Again, it, it it was mostly about money. It was mostly about being able to say we provide Jesus these services Christ. so we so we get this grant. You know? Oh my god! But but it was still better than. Where I was living was the best homeless shelter experience you could have, which wasn't isn't saying much. Yeah, but it was much better than most people got. What did most people get? Or did you get exposed to what most people? Oh got? yeah, most. I mean, that was my third. That was my third place. Ah. the first place. I, it, mo, most people get warehoused. Most people get, you know, and no treatment. Right, you get stuffed in a room, three or four people in a room. Um, it's almost it's, it's almost like prison, except you can go outside. But right, and but. They're putting people in four walls doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't do a damn thing for anybody. No, this is what I don't understand. It's why are we so focused on? Well, they're homeless. We give them a home, and that's it. We're done. <laughs> it's like no, no. Yeah, it's um, it it we, there has to be it has to be from all directions. It has to be you know give them somewhere that they feel safe mm. and give them treatment. And because here's another here's another problem I have. You know how they say so they build these shelters and a lot of the homeless people don't want to go. Yeah. Right. And it's because this is another thing I always had a problem with is that the price of of going to one of those shelters is that you give up your agency in, in a lot of ways. You you basically become a teenager. You have to you have a curfew. You have to check in. You can't, you, like but a you, lot of folks that are homeless need structure like that, though. Well, they they need structure, but it's it. They the, need to be treated a little differently. The way it's implemented yeah. is in a way that you just lose you you lose your dignity. Yeah, right? yeah. And and that's often the cost of it because so many people are so concerned with with uh, with people cheating the system that they they sort of go too hard the other way. The other way being the other way being. Another way being, I'd rather more people not get this than risk that one of you that doesn't really need it is getting. Oh my god, it's just such a mess. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't. And honestly, I don't know. I mean, I would have to really sit down and plan out. But I don't know if I have the solution. And foster kids are about something like thirty percent of the people on the streets. Yeah, right. That's that's generally where you end up. Why? Um, like I said, I, I think it's a because you know I speak, I still speak to some of my old, some of my foster mothers, and because um, I'm, I'm trying to do a documentary mm. um, about foster adults because you don't really hear about not at all after right. Yeah, and I think I think a big part of it is the, it's the it's the abandonment issues that almost all of them have. Yeah. It's it's on top of whatever other mental health issues they've had from yeah. whatever addictions and stuff. Yeah. But then it's when you age out and you've been getting decent care and you're on expensive medications and now you're 18 to 21 depending on what state you live in and then you can't afford you can't afford either of those things the uh-huh. therapy or the meds and no one gives a fuck like you know it's like when you're when you're a foster child and you've been abused or abandoned or whatever everyone's like oh poor you poor right. you and then when you when you're 17 18 people they, are like they don't care yeah yeah you're an adult you know and, yeah. but you still have the same issues yeah 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 every almost every foster cuz i i talk openly about it and so some people confide in me about it like there's a lot of people that you know for one reason or another don't want to say that they were in foster care right mm. and but Almost every foster adult I know has the same 
issues. They have trouble maintaining relationships. They have trouble being close to people. Trust. They have abandonment issues. Um, They're which, unregulated emotionally. Yeah, which makes them come off as clingy or crazy, depending on whether they're male or, or, or female. And it's um, – and I don't know mm. – I, I guess the biggest issue with foster children is that the, the, the agency that's put in charge of – of, of of caring for them doesn't have the resources to give the kids what they really need, you know? Well, for sure. And, and I think they, I mean, just the fact that you had a step, there was a foster parent who punched a kid in the face. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. Because it, it's like, because that's another thing too. You would think that sort of thing would get a, somebody's license revoked or something like that. But it's like, then where are we going to put these nine kids? Right. Right. Yes. So it's it's a it's a it, it, you know because what the kids really need is stability. Yeah, structure. And you can't give them that. Why know? is that? You know, I I remember the last conversation I had with my last social worker, and he he was very frustrated because I you know because he just finished telling lecturing me about the statistics of you know how just by just being in foster care for X amount of time, you're more likely to drop out of school, have a have a baby at a young age catch some kind of STD, um, not go to college. All these are all these things that mean you're going to be a failure. And he was like, "But but you you have a chance. You're my, you're the smartest kid I've, I've ever had. What do you need?" And, and and keep in mind, he he was also telling me he just told me that he was leaving, that he was quitting. Jesus, another one. Right, another and so I'm like, so I'm so I'm just sitting there like, "Fuck you." Like, yeah, immediately. And he's like, "What's you. your problem? Like, what do you need?" I'm like, "I need you to not leave." Mm. But I can't expect that from that man. You know, he had a wife. He was just about to have a kid. He was like, I need to. And, and it's frustrating because you're supposed to have 10 kids, but you have 30. You're supposed to see him once a month, but you, but you can only, you only have time to see him like once every three months. So, it's like, so all the things they need, you can't give to him. It's, it's very defeating to me. It makes me feel terrible to think about it. Because yeah. there are ways to heal this stuff. There are treatments out there. Yeah. There are things to do. I, I, we just don't seem to be I, – I don't think they're – well, they don't seem interested in doing it. But I feel like they don't understand what it is and what's needed. That's what I feel. It's just because the conservatives, their thing is like, hey, just just get your shit together. And the liberals are like, oh, we're going to take care of you. It's like, no, no. It's not, no. no, no. It's it's something in the middle. It, it's, well, it's it's treatment. It's real treatment where you – Learn autonomy and trusting, and it's not that hard. It's not that difficult, but somebody's got to do it, and they can't be ripped away from you every all the time. Yeah, and I think no too. I think too is that uh, they they want everyone wants a simple answer. They want it to be one one solution for everybody, but it 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 takes it really takes someone dedicated to get to the point where one of those children trusts them. Yeah. And that's when that's when that's when the treatment can start. Yes, but but the kids, it's 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 very difficult to get one of those kids to trust you because they've been betrayed so often, or they feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't know I didn't learn until I was older that it wasn't the parents going get this kid the fuck out of my house. You know, it was, you know, it was the system. It was you know some overseer that I never met going. Oh, they got caught shoplifting. Yeah, move them to somewhere with kids and steal. You know, do, do you have your? Do you have a relationship with your biological parents? Anymore? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they were what? Were they drug addicts? They stealing? Nope. They nope. just were stealing. No, 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 I, no. They weren't stealing. Oh, oh, oh. No, I was, I was stealing. You were stealing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
And were they young? Like no. Well, they were. They were. Um, well, my well my my mom. So I've, I've, I recently found out my mom was also a foster kid, mm. and 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 uh, but she at the, when the time she had me, she was living with her biological mother, mm. and the, and my grandmother liked to date abusive men, mm. and my mom just got tired of constantly having to deal with that, mm. you know, and so she left us with her grandmother, like to try to like go. I always love that move when parents go. I can't take it. This this environment is impossible. Here, take the kids. <laughs> well, it was like she couldn't she couldn't afford to take us with her, uh. and, but she knew my grandmother would like because the dudes never did anything to her kids. Yeah, yeah. But she was just like, I think this is what's best. And it took me a long time to wrap my head around that. that like, oh, this is what was best. Where where did she go? Um, I, I don't know exactly where she went, but I know it was a, it was a long haul. It was about ten years before. Was I, she working or? Yeah, I think she yeah, was she, working. Yeah. You know, trying to get her life together. Yeah. But but once you're gone for that long, you lose your parental rights. How many kids does she have that she left? Two. You and your older brother. Brother. Yeah. How's he doing? He's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, he's got you know, wife and kids. All and right, all good. That. He's got a normal a normal life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I it just wasn't for me. You know, at least that's what I keep telling myself. What? The wife and the kids and all that. I don't Not want for you. That. Not for you. How old are you now? I'm 39. Yeah, you want it's it's perfectly reasonable if you don't want it. I don't. You know? Yeah. I, right. I just I don't want the I don't want to take the chance to fuck some kid up. Well, I hate it when people do that though. I, I know a lot of people really who don't have kids and don't have marriages because of that feeling. I know a lot of people that way. And th- and that what's I, wrong with that feeling? Because it's usually the people I wish were having kids that feel that way. You know what I mean? It's people that are, care a lot and will probably yeah. be great parents. Like what would be what would be ideal for me is if I could plop in for the major decisions, but none of the responsibility. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. So, I know. So you better sit it out. <laughs> but, but I know sometimes people, if their parent died at a young age or something, they're like, I could never put somebody through that again. I, I, that's why I'm not having kids. There's, um, there's various versions of what you're describing. So is it, is it a selfish thing? Uh, n- n- well, I, I certainly wouldn't call it selfish because the, the person who's saying that feels it as, as a deeply caring gesture. Like this is – I don't even risk the possibility that somebody goes through the pain that I went through, right? That's kind of caring. Yeah. It's self-centered, right? Because the it's the pain that's motivating you in the face of the probability of that happening of almost zero. Yeah. You know, parents I just I know so many people with children and all they like they want children and all they think about is that they want a child and not whether or not they be good for a child. Right. You know? Yes. They're, they're, the humans have a motivation to do that. There's a, there's a the separate motivation to have a kid. But you're right. They, they should be thinking about this. It's a selfless endeavor. See, that that's the solution. I mean, if there was a way to – if there was a way to – implemented it fairly which i don't i can't even think begin to think of what that would be it should be like you should have to have a license to have a child yeah but that's, I, I know what you mean that's i know that's getting into very like fascist territory it, it's fascist and it's you know social engineering and all that stuff but, but i understand the impulse i understand the desire to do it right yeah I, and by the way there are things we could put in place as a society to really push people in the right direction so it's not social engineering so much as just Gives them a sort of a push. 
yeah. to stay together and to not mistreat the kids and you know or like or like or maybe maybe make it you know it, it has to be something with a ring to it you know like hey if you make it to 25 without a child we give you 25 grand yeah you know something like yeah. that yeah i don't know yeah there, there it's although money is not the solution as you're as you're finding out no it's it's did you ever go to any of the uh, shelter the not the shelters the uh, missions downtown no in LA? They they do some good stuff down there, you, you know, like the Union Rescue Mission or the uh, California the L.A. Mission. Mm-mm. Really good stuff down there, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't quite understand how they whether they get full. I think they get full pretty easily because they're down there. And, yeah, it's Are you talking like a like a skid row? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's rough. I, the, the closest I got to there was uh, just dropping somebody off. Like when I was on my way to my place. Drop some money. So, so you're actually giving me some interesting information. So, so it even amongst homeless, that scene is like hardcore there. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of a lot of meth down there. Yeah, it's, a it's, lot of it's, fucking meth. It's just a lot to deal with, man. You know, you know the the, the biggest the biggest eye opener for me was just ha- keeping all your stuff. Just having to constantly be aware of where your things are. Uh, it's, it's not like your like right now all your shit is locked up behind a door. Right. But it's like imagine if you had to carry all your shit with you. Oh my god. And then you know anytime you stop to go in somewhere you can't bring it all inside. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't even go into Seven Eleven with like five bags of shit on you. So you got to leave it outside and hope that you buy your shit before somebody steals it. Ugh. It's like all of that. Were you were you actually on the streets for a while? I was only on the streets for two days. And where were you? I was just down by the. I forget what they call it, the federal building. Yeah, yeah. Westwood. Yeah, it's it, again people that are not chronically homeless. Again, the 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 California makes it seem like uh, you know, oh, the the average homeless person is the mom with three kids. No, that woman she figures shit out right away. And kids off the street immediately. Oh, she yeah. may not have a home, but she's she's in services right away. Right. We're not. That's not the group that's dying right now. The group no. that's dying is the meth, fentanyl, schizophrenics, all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's another see, and I think a lot of those people get lumped into the same category. Mm-hmm. But, but like you said, it isn't it isn't true. It's like there are there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's different paths to the street, and some people they're either you know they're on some medication they need to be on, and, and, and it lapses, mm-hmm. or they can't afford it anymore, and they, or they refuse to take it, right? Or they won't take yeah. it, or you know the side effects are too much. You yeah, know, I just started taking the uh, the Lexapro. You don't like it. I don't know if I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's only been a week. Yeah, um, it's definitely hard hard to ejaculate. Oh yeah, it'll do that. How, how is, much are you taking? Ten milligrams? Yeah. Lexapro is a very mild medicine. If if that's happening, you got to tell your doctor. Really? Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't really shouldn't do that. There's other stuff. There's other stuff that doesn't have so much of the sexual side effects. Oh, but 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 the, but the problem is. This this shit is the first one that does it's working that doesn't have any of the other side effects. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like what? So I'm like, I'm hoping it's one of those situations where my body, <laughs> once my body gets used to it, could be. Are you are you adjust somehow? You'll figure it out. Yeah, lasting long is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, the, the, by the way, yeah, the right. The, <laughs> the, the first no, the first one they gave me just turned me into a fucking zombie. Yeah. And no, no, actually, no. The first one they gave me was Wellbutrin, mm. and it made my heart beat too fast. Oh yeah, it's and, like a stimulant. Yeah, the second one turned me into a zombie, and then, uh, and then the third one gave me just random diarrhea. Lovely, that's awesome. Yeah, and all of those just made it harder to do stand up. Yeah. So yeah. the Lexapro is the first one that's been like, oh, this is pretty good. What's coming stand up wise? What, what's ahead? 
And by the way, his Instagram is at BS Comedian. At BS Comedian, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, what's coming up is I'm, uh, I'm doing the Netflix is a Joke Festival in April. Great. I'm doing Madison, Wisconsin at the end of February. Is that with uh, Tom? Huh? Is that with Tom? No. No. I'm doing um, the Ontario Improv on uh, – hold on, I'm on the wrong month. How did you get hooked up with Rogan? Tom. Tom. He just threw you in there? Yeah. You got to talk to this guy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you got to talk to this guy? Yeah. 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 Rogan said, hey, come come, come, come by. Cool. And uh, he liked, he thought I was funny. And he was you like, are. Yeah, man. And he was like, you got it. You got it. I'll help you any way I can. So let me help you out here. Ontario Improv is February 10th. Irvine, February 9th. Madison, February 24th. And then Bakersfield, March 5th. Philly Punchline, April 8th through 10th. Wow. it's a lot. Yeah. In the meantime, are you here locally regularly? Yeah, I'm, I'm usually at the store the improv, yeah. How do we – do we have to just look, the, look at the night lineup? Yeah, just look night? at the lineups on, at the store or the improv, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a real privilege to talk to you, my friend. I, I, yeah, likewise. We've got Tom. a lot of friends in common and stuff. So I was, and and I, I, like I said, you're, I laughed out loud. Oh, Mark Norman's on your, your season three coming up. Yeah, yeah. He's funny, man. He is funny. Yeah, you could get him in here. I want to see what. what, what. Put him on the microscope. <laughs> I, I did him yeah. on After Dark once, and uh, it was revealing. It was funny. He squirms a lot. He squirms out from under stuff. Yeah, man, because I would love to know what makes him tick. He's super smart and super funny. And looks at the world in different ways than the rest of us. Yeah. But that's why he's so damn funny. Am I the only one who, who every time I see Norman, I, it brings me back to Brody. Just the way he likes to say comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it's, it's, very, it's such a non sequitur. the way Brody. we have this conversation? I feel like, maybe because I've been sick, but I feel like we've had this conversation before. I don't think I've ever t- told anyone this. It's okay. just something I've always thought. Wow. Interesting. I don't know. Deja right. vu. Yeah, well, take well, take take care of your intestines, Doc. Yeah, thanks. I they're they're getting better. Just they, I'm, it's the same thing every time. I it's pain. I don't sleep. It's miserable. I go on antibiotics. It takes a couple of days to resolve, and then I'm just washed out for five days. I'm just like, oh. But uh, you've kept me company and interested, so I'm, I've I've gotten away from my 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 intestines. As I you appreciate said. it. So, uh, again, so you don't be a stranger here. Love to see you around, more around. And yeah, for sure. Maybe if you're down in Austin, I'll, because I'm, I'm going down there regularly to see those guys. Oh, now. are you moving down there? Probably? No, okay. not moving down there. I, I don't think. But I'm, I go there like every three weeks now, four weeks. Okay, yeah, I'm there, down so. there regularly. Too. So, all right. Uh, anything we leave out? Uh, let's see. BS Comedian. I'm sure I'm leaving out something, but I'll, um, I'll hear about it. Just for last Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Well, that got that got rescheduled. So oh, okay. That'll be, that's not going to happen this February. Okay. All right, Brian Simpson, thanks for being here. Thanks, man. Well, you've heard me talk about AMCN, the cost of emergency medical flights sometimes surprise people, even with comprehensive coverage. Deductibles come in, co-pays. Protect your family, protect your finances with an Air MedCare Network membership. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expense of an air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 a year and covers your entire household every day, even when you're away from home. That is just pennies a day. We all know that the unexpected can happen, and an AMCN membership is protection no family should do without. For a limited time, as a Dr. Drew podcast listener, you will get up to a $50 e-gift card when you join. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew and use that offer code Drew. There are over 80 million men and women in the U.S. experiencing hair thinning, and one of the highest quality interventions is provided by Nutrafol. It is not openly talked about, and yet many are going through this 
scary and stressful experience and not understanding they could they could try to do things. Take care of your hair growth. Make the next few months your time to grow thicker, fuller, healthier hair in a time when self-care is more important than ever. Nutrafol. It's formulated with potent botanicals to help you grow hair as strong as you are, and it's physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. Nutrafol is physician-formulated. They use natural, clinically effective botanicals for better hair growth. Does it work? Well, in clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage. 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code DREW to save $15 off. That's off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer available anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers and only for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code DREW for hair as strong as you are. But we're going to change directions here a little bit and talk about something that really kind of intrigued me, frankly. Uh, we're going to talk about mushrooms and coffee. And I know there's a lot of different things out there. I get very confused by it. But there is a new, what should we call it, uh, a new uh, preparation of shaga and coffee. Am I pronouncing that right, Brandon? Shaga or yeah, chaga? That's actually, yeah, shaga. Some people say it like that and some people say chaga. All right. So we brought in Brandon Mizrahi. He has a new product and I thought, let's go right to the source. Let's let him talk about it. He can tell me about what this is and why it's different. And the landscape, of course, is confusing to me. Uh, you know, mushrooms clearly have some health benefits, but which ones and when and why? And, and a lot of my friends use, I think Rogan promoted a coffee with mushrooms. Did he not? Yeah. A friend of mine got involved with it and he was like, Oh, I get so much energy from it in the morning. I used it. And I was like, mm, it just kind of feels like coffee. But so, so what's different about this? Yeah. So, you know, our drink's called the Chocachino. It's really a play on the mocha frappuccino. So, you know, it tastes like a mushroom mocha. Some people say, Tastes like coffee ice cream. Um, you know, we made a key, keto vegan, um, very low in calories. What's different about ours is it's wild forage chaga. So it's all about, you know, what is the health benefit in there? Where is it coming from? You know, when farming, there's you can cultivate and grow like with coffee beans. And there's a level with pesticides. And then there's the organic farming. And then there's the biodynamic farming, which is a level up. And then there's wild foraging. And that's what we're seeing the best restaurants in the world do, whether that's Noma, Michelin level restaurants. And, you know, you can wild forage for flavor and you can also wild forage for health benefits. So when it comes to flavor, maybe something like a truffle, we're familiar with those white or black truffles being extremely expensive items in the restaurants. This is actually a wild foraged food for health, this mushroom. Um, and what makes it so unique is it's growing on a birch tree, pulling all its nutrients from that birch tree, which is one of the healthiest trees on the planet. And it's pre-digesting those nutrients. So by the time we harvest it and um, take it from the birch tree and we leave 25% of it on so it can regrow and that's sustainably harvesting it. But anyways, by the time it is harvested and it's about the size of a beehive, it's the most nutrient dense mushroom, superfood, adaptogen, you know, whatever name we want to give it on the planet at that point. So it's just loaded with nutrients. You know, we're talking about more potassium than a banana, more rubidium than green tea, highest antioxidants ever measured by far for your immune health, your immune system. You know, it's got something like three pounds worth of blueberries worth of antioxidants or 30 pounds worth of carrots. 
highest melanin ever measured, you know, for beauty, for skin, for hair, for glow and radiance, highest alkaline food on the planet. Um, so just loaded with nutrients and, you know, to extract those, we're adding it to people's coffee and making it taste delicious. Um, that's really where we stand out. It's a delicious drink that happens to be healthy. Whereas some of the other guys, you want to like plug your nose and take your, your shot of ginseng or ginger or turmeric or whatever it may be. So we, we really are focusing on making, um, you know, healing delicious, making fixing fun. And, you know, that was our goal to make it taste delicious. So, so as a clinician, I'm always interested in being very, very specific about, what some claims are. I mean, in fact, I have, an, I have an obligation to investigate that and understand the mechanism of action and then understand the evidence. And you mentioned turmeric and ginseng. These are extremely different mechanisms of with totally different uh, desired effects. I don't know how much rubidium I need in my diet. <laughs> I can't think of an essential stoichiometric pathway that requires rubidium off the top of my head, but I'm sure they're out there. But you did mention antioxidant, right? And I think most people do agree that uh, high-level antioxidant is an important, uh, important um, potentially – let's see. How should we characterize that? It's, it's not a therapeutic, but a potentially a way of uh, enhancing or reducing health risks. What is the mechanism? Which antioxidants? What's the mechanism? How do we understand that? And what's the evidence for that? So, um, you know, in terms of chaga, what the antioxidant studies are done, you know, in medical research papers, you can go on Johns Hopkins, Sloan Kettering Cancer Research Center. And again, we don't make disease claims, um, but, you know, the evidence is out there in these research papers. This is indigenously um, used um, item by our ancestors. It's, you know, dates back 5,000 years. They used to you use, they, they actually did, indigenous people did use it therapeutically, didn't they? Didn't they think? Correct. Was, you know, what, so what was, what, I know you're not making the claim of that, but what was it that they did with it? Yeah. So Utsi the Iceman was, I think it's one of the oldest preserved bodies found in the Italian Swiss Alp yeah. border. Um, there's a, there's a museum from up there. They found birch polypores and, and chaga mushroom around his neck. I think he lived to around 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So they were using it. Um, you know, he had it on him and, you know, he actually died from an arrow wound from a rival tribe. So he didn't even die of natural causes and, you know, lived a very long life for that long ago. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, th these kind of, these kind of, um, you know, adaptogens or, or mushrooms really pre even predate some religions um, when they found his body and, our ancestors use them for healing. And um, in terms of that direct question, you know, there's, there's research out there on antioxidants where they've, they've done ORAC studies on this versus on chaga mushrooms versus let's say pomegranates and acai. And they've just found that chaga is by far the highest in terms of antioxidants uh, measured. Uh, you know, the research papers are out there. Like I said, there's hundreds of them on respectable sites. I really like Sloan Kettering. Um, there, there's bibliographies on it and people can do their research, but you know, there, this, the chaga mushroom is loaded with nutrients that it's getting from the birch tree essentially. And then it's pre-digesting those nutrients. And then we're able to extract them from the mushroom by grinding it up, um, kind of like a coffee and then steeping it. Cause what, cause you can't cut down the birch tree and take the nutrients out of it or eat the birch tree. So, you know, it's coming from nature, from a wild forest. Uh, which is really where the magic is coming from. So that's the source. 
Now you can grow it and get the mycelium, which is what Paul Stamets and some brands do. And you, there are some health benefits to the mushroom roots, which is the mycelial network. And there are some health benefits to growing it, but you know, it's just really hard to replicate that story of this thing growing in a wild forest in Alaska or Siberia. Um, and that's where it's getting its nutrients from the tree. So, so the antioxidant story is, you know, one of the elements of it is essentially being able to eliminate or reduce the amount of free radical formation that, that we have in our, inside our cells. And, and free radicals are dangerous because they're highly polar. They're these very polar molecules that can actually sort of tear through DNA. That's sort of the way to think about it. Uh, and so free radical, you know, reducing free radicals is, is, is the goal. And so I'm, I'm all about the antioxidant story. Is there, are there any, um, sort of subjective experiences associated with taking this? I, I know other mushroom companies claim energy and that kind of thing. Is, is that here too? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of in vitro and in vivo studies they've done. Um, you know, granted there's, hasn't been many clinical trials, because that's usually um, around more pharma type stuff, but all the evidence is showing and all the anecdotal evidence as well. And in the vivo and vitro evidence is showing a, like a 25% energy boost and it's on the mitochondria level. So it's great for athletes, for sports performance. Uh, you know, they, they give it to mice, for example, some chaga mushroom and see how long they can swim for. <laughs> and they give the others a placebo and the ones that they give the chaga mushroom swim 25% longer. Um, well, that's interesting. You know, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And have they thought is there a speculation on a mechanism on that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm just, I read the research papers and yeah. I do my best to make sense of them. And that was, a, that was what I did when I got into this is just kind of like doing a deep dive on a lot of the research papers. Cause I, look, I wanted to make sure the efficacy was there. I wanted to make sure that we're not just saying we're putting chaga in our chaga chino, that we're actually giving you your effective dose. So, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's when it comes to, you know, consumer packaged goods, it's really about, you know, not just using it as a buzzword, it's using it in where are you sourcing it from that transparency story? Is it the real thing versus something that's grown, you know, and it, or am I getting my effective dose? There's a lot of powders and, and stuff out there where they're kind of microdosing you to the point where you need to have 10 of those a day, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it's, you know, it's amazing for inflammation. Um, I think that's one of the reasons it's also, um, you know, oxidate, like oxidative stress and, and that kind of thing. And there's, it's good for breathing and, 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 and in your lungs. I know with asthma, it's really, it's helped me personally. And obviously I, I don't want to make a, a disease pain and there's research about it helping asthma and it, ha- it helped you. Know, you. There's a lot of, it helped you. How, what happened with you? It, with, you know, growing up, I was really sensitive to the food system. Um, and just from an early age, you know, it was Ronald McDonald and, and the Happy Meals luring me in. And then it was Tony the Tiger on the cereal. So I was, I was kind of like eating all these unhealthy foods. And by the time I was in third grade, I was in fetal position screaming from stomach issues. So for me, this health and wellness journey was just trying to heal myself. Uh, and I, I was just extra sensitive to, it, you know, being gluten-free from a young age and, uh, you know, trying all these diets and to try and heal myself. Cause Western medicine is, is, is great when it comes to certain things, surgeries and, you know, I'm not and, and anesthesia and those things, but 
they don't always take the holistic approach. Um, no one ever, none of the doctors ever asked me what I was eating and kind of looked at it from that point of view. And I was getting sick all the time. I had asthma um, and also dealing with mental health issues. Just it, it was a little tough. So I was always looking to heal myself through herbs, adaptogens, alternative healing and Western medicine, the whole thing. And when I discovered Chaga, it helped me more than anything. Like I don't get sick anymore. It's been four years since I've gotten sick. I, my, it healed my asthma, um, you know, and also cleared up my skin, my acne, uh, and also helped me in so many ways with stress. You know, adaptogens are really here to help us with physical and mental stress. There's about 12 of them in the world. Like th- there's maca in Peru, ashwagandha in India. They all have indigenous use and a lot of efficacy and research papers and medical research papers around them. I like to think about them as sort of the the elite cream of the crop of superfoods, you know, and I know that term gets thrown around a lot, superfoods, but um, adaptogens are, are pretty amazing stuff. They heal, they help us deal with physical and mental stress. They come from nature. Our ancestors use them. So it's sort of like a rediscovery of what our ancestors were doing. That's amazing. Um, and I think they can be used in conjunction with the good, the good parts of pharma. I mean, there's a lot of drugs made from mushrooms. Penicillin is made from a mushroom, you know, um, uh, the fungi kingdom has a lot to offer. Um, and actually our DNA match is a lot closer to the fungi kingdom than the plant kingdom, uh, which is an interesting fact that I learned um, because of evolution. When the kingdoms all split off, the animal kingdom and the fungi kingdom stayed together for another billion years and the plant kingdom had branched off before. So we're actually a closer match to the fungi kingdom. So um, interesting, you know, DNA wise. So it's really, there's some amazing magic in these things. And look, when I say magic and, and mushrooms together, that's this doesn't get you high. It doesn't. It's not that kind of psychoactive mushroom. It's it's strictly for health benefits. And it has, you know, like I said, the chaga chino that the product we created in the coffee is all about making it taste good and making, you know, ma- making the the healing fun um, and and delicious. Really, where, where do you want people to go if, if they're interested? Where should they go? We'd like them to go to drinkrenewed.com. It's D-R-I-N-K-R-E-N-U-D-E.com. We're spelling nude like naked. And I believe we got a promo code um, for your listeners. If they type in Dr. Drew, they get a special discount. Great. Excellent. Well, Brandon, it's drinkrenewed.com. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Yep. Great talking to you, Dr. Drew. Take care, man. I want to remind you that the comments here uh, cannot be substantiated medically. And although I do plan to use the product myself, uh, these are not specifically my opinions about their product. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. Mm-hmm.